Welcome to Secondhand Therapy. Uh, we are not licensed therapists or professionals in any way. Uh, we're just two dudes talking about our feelings, and uh, we hope that it helps. Yeah. Hopefully it'll help somebody. I don't know. I mean, we. I, I, like, I read the comments section every once in a while. Yeah? Yeah. Are we helping people? One guy, one guy said, "Ah, oh, another degenerate podcast." I saw that. So if you're listening, go fuck your mother, right? No, no, come on, man. No, because we're we're putting out positive energy. That's right. Okay. No smoke. No smoke. If Thanks. you're listening, enjoy the show. Yeah, you cunt. Is something uh, a little different about you today. I uh, yeah, I'm growing my hair out. What mm, do you think? That's not it. That's not what I'm referring to. I want to shave. What are you talking about? Well, I just mean last week. You know, we were talking about you uh, not really wanting to be hoeing out there, and then you yeah. show up to the studio with a hickey. Are you hoeing? Are you out there hoeing? Look, that was that was the conversation <laughs> for last week. Okay. Uh-huh. I thought it would be gone by today. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we don't need to talk about that. Here's what I will tell you. <laughs> okay. Something interesting that's being ha- that has been happening. So, um, mm-hmm. we talked about my silhouette dick pic last week. Oh, yeah. I have had women sliding in daddy's DMs talking about, let me see this silhouette. <laughs> Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What are the reviews? Can I get some reviews? All right, look. First off, if you're sliding the DMs trying to see the silhouette, be prepared to bring a pick with you. Because this, <laughs> this, this is a swap meet. This is the cost of admission? This is a trade. I'm not going to be the only asshole putting myself out there. So you also want to see their dick? You got to show me some sort of shaft... <laughs> Some sort of silhouette, <laughs> something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a. I think that's a fair trade. Yeah, you got a trade, right? I've seen. I've seen the silhouette. That's a fair trade. Would you? you Would you think? I liked it. It's nice, right? It yeah. worked. If it was on Instagram, I would have liked it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know if I would have shared it, but I would have liked it. I don't need you to share it. I just need you to like it, because <laughs> it's just for us, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh so yeah, God. if you're gonna get in the DMs talking about the silhouette. Be prepared to bring a commodity with you, because that's how it works. Right. So, interesting. That That is interesting. The internet's a weird place, man. <laughs> yeah. People want to see my silhouette dick pic. I mean, it's good advertising. For what? I don't know. Whenever McDonald's is like, the McRib is here, but it's limited. I feel like, they, I think like maybe your silhouette dick pic is like the McRib. You saying my dick's limited? I'm saying that it's... We're promoting it for, you know, a limited time. Maybe they won't hear this episode. Maybe they just heard it. Maybe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
So your McRib picture, I'm glad it's doing. I'm glad it's bringing in some customers. Yeah, trying to get this McDick just to holler at Daddy, sliding them DMs. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do we want to talk about this week? Uh-huh. Talk about your little tantrums. <laughs> you talk about you, forty-year-old, throwing tantrums all day long. Look, you and I have been going to Costco. Oh, this isn't about Costco. This is about you in the world everywhere. But go ahead. Yeah, this is well. I'm bringing up Costco because this is this is the place that brings it out of me the most. Definitely not. But go ahead. Where do you think I? Uh, Anywhere you're not inside your house or here <laughs> is where it happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, there's a lot of dumb people out there, mm-hmm. and they irritate me to no end mm-hmm. and a lot of times i feel like the best way to solve these problems is to pull them out of their vehicle and beat them within an inch of their life women too let's just be clear children women men yep. in front of their family it doesn't matter it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you cut me off or you make me wait for a parking spot or you're holding up the line it doesn't matter you can catch these hands they're for everybody but you don't throw the hands. I don't. I throw don't, a tantrum. Yeah, you throw a tantrum. You don't pull people out of the car. You just throw a tantrum. Yeah, but it's it's fleeting. That's what I need. I need. It's to, not fleeting it's because fleeting. you bring it up hours later. Can you believe that fucking bitch? Can you believe her? <laughs> oh, dude, we're not even in the same zip code. Now she had it coming. She didn't. She thought she had us. She was doing her job. We were at Costco. Listen, this is where it stems from. That's This is where this stems from. Yeah. We were at Costco a few days ago. And if you've ever been to Costco, you know that they are cracking down. And it's it's an incredible... I love Costco. It's a great place to shop. It's great. And uh, I was just forced to be a member recently. Well, you weren't forced. They were saying, hey, did you want to buy this? Then you need to be a member. And you said, I want to buy this. So you have to be a member, right? They're not, they're cracking down on you sharing memberships. Yeah. Okay. So you and I were there. You had a membership. I did not. We went to check out. Because I'm a grown man. I have a membership. Go ahead. Some guy tried to stop me from paying, right? As I was paying and I ignored him. He's like, hey man, don't do that yet. Don't do that yet. And I was like, oh, I know what he's up to. Yeah. Doing his job. He's doing his job. You're not going to get me. So I went ahead and scanned my card, paid for the goods. Yep. And then he lost his shit, called a manager over. Okay, now he didn't lose his shit. He said, Ross, we got another one. <laughs> yeah, doing his job. And then, Go ahead. and then I was forced into a membership. Now. No, you weren't. You gave the option of a membership or not buying your stuff. That was You got two choices. You weren't forced. That sounds like a forced situation. Because you tantrum. Go ahead. So then I became a card member. And we mm-hmm. are at Costco a couple days later after the gym yep. for something you needed. Yep. And we're in line, and I picked up a couple items. And so we split up at the self-checkout, and I mm-hmm. went to one, you went to the other, and this lady got in my face. No, she didn't. She said a sentence out loud to you. That's all that happened. She didn't get in your face. She asked me two or three times. Mm-hmm. And now, did you answer the first time? I did. I did. Yeah, for did. her, I did. So then she, why would she ask you two more times after if you answered the first time? And this is why I'm mad at her, because she thought she had me. And then she said, where's your membership? And I showed it to her. And she goes, oh, yeah, where's his membership then? And she thought she had us. And I turned around, pulled my card out of my wallet, and she's like, thank you very much. Right. Now, am I angry because I thought she had us? Yes. 
what are you angry about? And she I don't didn't understand. have us. You, yeah. So the point is, you won, <laughs> and you're still no, angry. I'm not angry anymore. However, you were angry a half hour after. later at the gas station. I did bring up, and hey, that bitch thought she had us, huh? <laughs> no. She didn't think she had us. Oh, she thought she had us, dog, and we got out of there. She was doing Where's her your job? fucking card? Guess what? It's right here. You've had, had a membership for three days, and you already got That's this right. Costco big dick energy That's going right. on. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I'm a fucking member here. You oh, dude, so's half the fucking planet. You don't fucking talk to me like that, okay? I got a membership. She didn't talk to you any kind of way. She asked you a question. She thought she had us. She didn't think she had anybody. Anyways, these moments are fleeting for me. Mm -hmm. Especially in the car, because I've had these conversations with yeah. <laughs> past romantic partners. Mm -hmm. um, if somebody cuts me off or whatever, I will mention it. Yeah, you will scream it into the windshield. I might mention... Wow, what a fucking cunt. Or, hey, wow, I guess we can just do that now. At one point last week, I was in the car by myself, and I told you this, and I yelled out loud to nobody in my car, I guess my car is invisible, huh? That's what I yell to nobody. Do you like being this guy? Absolutely not. So why are you still this guy? I'm trying. What are you doing? But it slips out. What about slips? Here's, the th here's what I'm getting at. Yeah. In those moments, yes. I, I am having that emotion of anger. And I'm like, man, fuck this guy. However, after I say fuck that guy or call somebody a cunt or do whatever, I'm moving on with my life. I don't even think about that. However, the person that's in the vehicle with me mm -hmm. is like, oh, he's angry. He's upset. The whole day's ruined. Mm -hmm. And they operate a little differently. It makes them feel a different way. I didn't know that. And this is the king of empathy talking. <laughs> the guy who is just Mr. Empathy he doesn't understand that the person sitting next to him in the car can feel that energy. Now that I, you, I, I oh, know dude, that Oh, dude, was I now. still talking, dude? I know that now. Oh, wow. I was still fucking talking, though, right? Because you put that out into the car, windows up because you're big pussy. You don't want anybody to actually hear you, right? And now the only people getting that energy are the people in the car with you. And they don't like it. Mr. Empathy, what happened? I know that now. I didn't know that then. But you still do it. Sometimes. Yeah. Stop doing it. I'm trying. Oh, are you? I am. And sometimes I do roll down my window. Sometimes I do yell at people. Only women, I know. Oh, my God. Stop saying it. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you only bully people you think you can beat. Oh, my God. That's so not true. You would never roll down your window and yell at somebody bigger than you. Not oh, a chance. I have. And I've regretted it. But yeah, I have. But they were on foot, right? <laughs> Here's what I do do. I do not I do not use the middle finger. Mm -hmm. What I do instead is a shame point. I point at somebody mm -hmm. and I and I look at them and I just shake my head like, you know you're fucking up. And then I move on. I it, think that's worse than a middle finger. If I really do it, I just give him a thumbs down. Sometimes I give him a thumbs up. A sarcastic, oh, do like, way to go, bud. Oh, no, I, do, I just look right at him and I just go. Uh -oh. <laughs> that's it. Now, can we talk about this for a second? 
You're coming at me with all this fucking... Hold on. We can, but not yet. Oh, okay. Because I want to unpack this a little bit more. Sure. Because I asked you mm-hmm. one time, because I was like, buddy, you, you got to fucking relax. Mm. And I asked you what it was. And you said in those moments, you take those actions that other people are doing, whether it's like pulling out in front of you in a parking lot or stepping in front of you when you're shot, whatever. Yeah. You take that as a direct fuck you to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is so interesting to me because yeah. it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with them trying. They're in Costco. It's crowded. They're trying to get out of there too. It's not about you. I think you're taking these actions. You're thinking they're these malicious things and they're just other people's ignorance of existence. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. we broached this subject of the day, but we wanted to save it for the pod. So I think this is kind of one of the things that I talked to you about. I feel like in life, you seem to think that things are happening to you. Mm-hmm. instead of that you're in the world just like everybody else things are happening all the time around us and they might affect you they might not but all you're going to do is react to them nothing is happening to you and i find it interesting that you seem to react to things even not those type of things but anything else that it's happening to you yeah uh, and I'm I'm trying to, and like I said the other day when we were touching on this a little bit, I'm trying to change my mindset to a more positive way of these things are not happening to me, they're happening for me. And I want you to explain that to me because I, I, I don't get that. I don't think I buy into it. So I want to hear why you, why it, you're going that route. It's one of those fucking, you know, hippy dippy guru things that they talk about. Like mm-hmm. these things are not happening to you; they're happening for you. So even when you're talking about death and and things that really hurt, breakups, things like that, that really fucking cut you to your core, that's not happening to you. That's happening for you. Mm-hmm. So all of these examples about what I am learning about myself and 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 trying to grow and be better and all those things, I don't know if I would be doing that if. I hadn't lost my mother and things like that in my life. So if I didn't have all of this pain and grief in my life, would I give a fuck to be a better person? Would I be working on myself? Would I be X, Y, and Z if that didn't happen? So my mother died, dying didn't happen to me. It happened for me. Things like that. That's a hard one, man. Uh, Yeah. Oh, buddy. That's why it's, oh, I'm still working on. Do you... (laughs) Are you able to believe that? <sighs> yes, because I see that your things... mom died. That happened for you. Yes. Oh, how? Because I'm seeing the. Because a lot of times, especially in grief, we only focus on the negatives. We only mm. focus on the the re, again like the cutting parts of it. Yeah. And we don't focus on. The, the things that come out of it in the positive ways, the gratitude that comes with death, the, gra- the, 
the thing the, the things that motivate you out of death the all of those things that come out of grief the positive things we tend to ignore or over or get overshadowed by the negative things so by trying to flip the script and being like i don't know if i would be working on myself so hard or i don't know if i would be looking at myself this way or i don't know if i would when when i started doing material on stage about losing my parents and doing all that that's when everything changed for me in my career yeah. because i was connecting with people in a different way and people were coming up to me and sharing their stories and so i was helping them in a way that i would never fucking do without that so i would just be doing the same fucking things that i was doing and not really you know what i mean like i wouldn't be this person that i am now and i wouldn't be in a position we wouldn't be doing this fucking podcast right now yeah. if the things that didn't happen to you that happened to you and the things that happened to me happened to me those things happen for us. Those things happened for you to be a better person, for you to work on yourself. You're kind of, you're kind of not forced into it, but it's, you have a choice then. You can either be the same and fucking fall into that sorrow and grief and pain, or you can try to work on yourself and come out of it better. And I think that's where that phrase is, where it's, they're not happening to you, they're happening for you. I hear you. Yeah. I'd give a ball this diver back. You oh. Know, that's, what, that's where I struggle. Like, even if I can convince myself all this is happening for me, I'd give up all this progress. I'd give up this podcast. I'd give up moving to L.A. Give up all of it. You wouldn't have anything to give. I'd give everything I have right now. All this that happened for me. Yeah. Take it all back. I'll go back to when she was alive. In a heartbeat. See, I'm looking at it from a different perspective because I wouldn't have any of this without without losing her. So yeah. I would have nothing to give to her. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm in a position right now, if she were alive, I could do so much for her and I could be there for her and I would know so much more. And I could, <laughs> again, it's that hindsight grief that we were talking about, or guilt that we were talking about the other uh, few weeks ago. It's all those things that like, what I could do now for her is so much, but I wouldn't be me right now. I'd be me, I'd be other me. And other me probably wouldn't give a fuck either way. I'd still probably complain that my mom's calling me every day to check in or my mom's doing it because I wouldn't be me right now. I'd be that, I'd be other me mm. and I wouldn't know, I wouldn't have the gratitude. I wouldn't have the hindsight. I wouldn't have the pain. So it wouldn't mean anything to me. It means something to me now, me now. Oh my God, dude, priceless, priceless. Mm. But like me then, yeah. who knows? That's interesting. It's really interesting. So yeah. If I'm hearing you correctly, your train of thought is my approach, uh, or not my approach, my instinct of giving everything, all this, all the progress, everything up to go back to mm. when she was still around is, and I'm not saying you said this, this is what I took away. That would be selfish. And because now I have the opportunity to do, I can go back and be 
less and more empty of a man, or I can be here now with the progress and growth that I've taken and take those things and give them outward to the world, which is just a different type of fulfillment, I guess. That's a, a part of it. Selfless. That's a part of it. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And I'm on the fence. Yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's something I'm learning. Yeah. It's it's hard. I forget you have you have a few years of grief experience on me too. Oh, wait till we get to that episode. <laughs> yeah. Because your mom, she passed away 2015 or 2016? 16. Wayne was a year before that. Yeah. And I didn't. Back-to-back championships, baby. Yeah. And yeah, she passed away 2018. So you have a couple of years on me. Yeah. Of grief wisdom. You guys, when this grief episode drops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, grief started for me way before. I mean, it was. We'll get into that. But yeah, like, we're not doing a grief episode today. Yeah. You <clears> motherfuckers <throat> aren't ready. <laughs> you little bear cubs, you're not ready. You're not ready for Papa uh, Bear and maybe Mama Bear. We haven't had the vote yet oh, to get into grief. Mama Bear's here. We'll hold the vote. We'll let you know. Come here. Come into my bosom. Don't don't bosom the bear cubs. <laughs> okay. Sometimes they need bosom. Bos- they, bosom yeah, sometimes them. they do. It's not one of those times. Okay. <laughs> um... So, okay, so let's get back on to before somebody starts crying, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I almost had you. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't expect to, you know, go to that place today. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm well in a little bit. I'm all right. Okay. You were going to bring up a point. We were talking about your anger. Mm-hmm. About my oh. past. <laughs> Flip it down and reverse it. Yeah. So you're getting on me about Was that Missy Elliott? I goddamn right it was. I love Missy Elliott, but shout out. Uh so yeah, you're getting on me about oh king of empathy and oh fuck you, boo. Now listen. You do refer to yourself as the most you're you think you're no, so empathetic. I don't you think, think I'm so empathetic. You think you're you have you think you're you don't think you're very empathetic? No, I think I have empathy for others, but I don't tout that. Oh yeah! Oh, I didn't know that. Oh no! I always hear you when you did the attachment. You go oh, empathetic. Good. You go. That's me, baby, Mister. Emp- okay, go ahead. <laughs> we don't need to track back all these lies. We don't need that. You know, we don't need yeah. this. Okay, you're a liar. Let's talk about your anger because you would put me to. Sh- I look like mm-hmm. a little Amish maid uh, yeah. next to your anger and and. Yeah. Uh, you know. My irritation. Yeah. So, we, can we also be clear? In the past. In the past. I'm not. Would you agree? I'm not that guy anymore. Yeah. And it. You know what? It makes me angry. I know it does. Because I want to be like, look at this fucking cunt, and you're like, hey man, you know, you don't. Yeah. I'm like, no, I want you to yell and scream with me. Yeah. I got you one time at Griffith Park. We were there. <laughs> that guy. He was putting other people in danger. <laughs> he was. Yeah. But I was so happy to have you back just for a few seconds, yeah. you know? Yeah. That was for the greater good of the world, though. That was. But, yeah, I, uh, 
yeah, I used to have a bit of irritability. I was never a violent person. Um, you put me through an armoire. We've been through this. Yeah, but that wasn't out of anger. <laughs> no, that, that was wasn't. that was out of us, you know, toy fighting around. And you yeah. got big, you got a big mouth, right? And <laughs> then I got to show you. <laughs> now, but yeah, I've never like I don't never a violent person, but very very vocal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if somebody's doing something stupid, I will verbally let them know. Hey. I'm aware you're doing something stupid. How are you not? Just not that nice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Used to be worse than you are now, for sure. Oh, way worse. Yeah. Took a lot of time and a lot of work to not be that guy anymore. What did you do? Um, it, I've, I've addressed... I didn't address this particularly in therapy, but I've talked about other things. And one, I just, it's kind of like you talked about when you have those moments in front of other people and they tell you like, Hey man, like chill out. I feel like Mm. I just had enough of those moments that I was able to kind of like take an outside look in and be like, and just understand that I was just being an immature like fucking idiot just being a grown man yelling and screaming throwing a tantrum and i was just like what am i doing and and like i i kind of prefaced to you before it's just i've watched my dad behave like that my Mm -hmm. whole life and it's so fucking gross to watch and once i made that connection i was like Oh, that's where I get it. And that's what I'm emulating. And I don't want to be like that. So I have to change it. And really it all just kind of came down to, and this is where it tied back in therapy. It's just, it's just being mindful of being aware of yourself and how you're reacting to the things that are happening in the world around you. Yeah. Um, so being more in the moment. <clears throat> um, maybe. I, w- I wouldn't phrase it that way. I would, I would say it's just more about being aware of yourself in those moments when I want, when I, something happens and I want to like f- let the world know how upset I am and let you know how fucking stupid you are and let you know that you fucked up my day, that just being mindful and aware of I'm not actually in a hurry. Let's say this did slow down my day. What did it add? Five seconds. Like it's just in the big picture. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not. It might feel like a big deal because you know, people are driven by their egos and their insecurities and you know, to tie it back to you that you feel it's like a direct fuck you to you. That's what we, yeah, that's what we we're talking about. It's not, It's not, it's not about me at all. Somebody pulled out in front of me because they are feeling the same way I'm feeling that they're in a hurry. Somebody's fucking up their day. So they just went out without consideration of what's going on around them. So why would I act like they're acting? That's Mm -hmm. how I used to be. Maybe they're not letting it out, but they're just not giving a fuck about anybody else. So yeah, I can chill out and let you pull out in front of me. You want to push your cart and stand in the middle of the aisle? I can go around you without making a comment. 
because that comment, it's not going to change you. It might make you feel bad for a second, but mm-hmm. then you might look at me and go, look at this impatient prick. Like, is that big a deal for him? Jesus. And they're right. It's not that big a deal. Yeah. I, I have a real problem with power plays. And I look at it directly as a power play, as somebody who cuts me off or something like that, where they just go, oh, this guy's not going to do anything about it and fucking what. And I'm like, oh, OK. And that's how I and that's what I brought up about that lady at Costco the other day. Mm-hmm. You're trying to power play me and you're not going to. You're trying to get me in trouble and I'm get you in trouble. Yeah. Where's your membership? Hey, I got a membership. Yeah. And then it's over. And then it's over. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, you you trying again it comes back to the idea of like she thought she had us it's a power play and i don't deal with i don't like power plays why and it's always been a struggle with me through childhood and stuff like that being who's power playing you oh all the fucking kids little michael what happened to him yeah because i was a big fat kid and nobody really takes you seriously so all the kids would like treat me differently because i was a big fat kid so like Mm -hmm. the jocks didn't want anything to do with me you know, really, in a, on a serious level, the girls didn't want anything to do with me. They weren't interested in me. They would just well, I mean, they wanted to be friends with you. Right. They wanted to be friends with me or string me along, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I dealt with a lot of people trying to get one over on me because I was an easy target as a kid. And mm-hmm. and I think now, I think, I, I think that I'm just putting all this together in my head right now. Ooh, I love it. I think that that, <laughs> that also bleeds over into... The image issues that I have now when we're talking about wardrobe, you and I have talked about this, about like mm-hmm. what I'm comfortable wearing and stuff. I like to dress like, oh, I'm not from around here. Yeah, I've heard you say that before. Yeah, and that to me, I don't want to look like everybody else. I don't want to wear the things and look. I don't want to look like I'm from around. No matter where I'm at, I want to be like, oh, he's not from around here. And that's. I think that is a power play thing too. I don't want somebody to come over and try to fucking get one over on me or try to push me around because they think I'm just some fucking guy. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not some fucking guy you're going to run up on. And that's when people cut me off or people try to, you know, come down on me or this and that. I'm like, Oh, Hey, Hey man, no, 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 no. I'm not the guy. That's not it. And so that's exactly what it is. It's that power play move of I'm like, Hey man, not today. That's not, maybe, maybe little fucking fat Michael will let you do that to him. But I'm not going to let you do that. It's insane that you like you think that so many people a day yeah. are trying to power play you. I know. Oh, I, you're broken, boy. Oh, real broken. He broken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. I take it as direct fuck you. I take it as directly like fuck this guy. Oh, fuck me. And that's when I that's when it goes. That's when fucking hometown Mike comes out. I'm like, oh, fuck me, huh? And then it's and then it's and then it's rage. Then it's rage. And what's all that rooted in? We know the answer is insecurity, but I want you to get that. Oh, of course. That and yeah. survival as a kid. Like, that was it. You know what I mean? Like, the only way out was violence as a kid. You had to fight. What? Oh, yeah, dude. I grew up with, like, all kids that were way bigger than me, all football players and this and that. And, like, <laughs> this is for another episode. But, uh, yeah, I was... We were fighting all the time, but not only that, but I was, <laughs> because I was, uh, I have the gift of gab. 
Yeah. They would, they'd make me the mouthpiece. Yeah. And so I would go and fucking run my mouth. And then we get a group of guys that want to fight. And then there'd be a fight. And so that fucking hometown mentality comes out every once in a while where I feel like somebody's power playing me or coming at me. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Like, that's not. But you don't have the guys with you to back I you know, up. So I know. You don't think that far ahead? No. I, I instantly go to rage. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, this is. I'm going to. Yeah. And usually I can verbally get out because, again, like, it's, I got no problem, like, tearing you to shreds verbally. Yeah. And that usually works. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's just, it's not wanting, it, it is a direct fuck you to me. It's a direct, like, fuck this guy. Yeah. And I gotta work on it, and I don't know. Are you aware, in moments like this, are you aware that it, that's not what's happening? Yeah, in moments like this, yes, yes. And I am getting better at it, but there are times, again, like at Costco, when I was like, oh, no, hey, man, I'm not the guy. Yeah, and, no and one, I know, no and she was you're just, the guy. I know, and she was just doing the job. She you're was just, just doing, doing the job. job. And I thought, and I, I was like, nah, she's trying to get us, dog. He ain't going to get me. <laughs> but they it's did so get you. Dumb. They did get you the day before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's so dumb. I know. Wow. I'm working on it. Man. Yeah. Do you think you would feel this way if you were bigger? Oh, I'd be way worse, I think, if I was bigger. You think? I think so. You wouldn't you think you'd still take it as a power play? Oh yeah. Even more so, I think. Wow. Yeah. I think I think the universe put me in this body for a reason. <laughs> At least they put a big dick on it, you know? <laughs> like they gave you one in front. Like maybe that'll distract him. Yeah, they threw a panther tail on the front. Because <laughs> um, I, I think back to when to when I had those, when I was like that. And I don't, I never felt like anybody was trying to power play me. Oh yeah. I think it was just. Were you picked on as a kid? I, I, I guess I won't, I won't say that. I, I mean, occasionally, but not a lot. Not, not to where I feel like it fucked me. I was just, I was just more insecure as a kid. Yeah. I just, I just wasn't taken seriously. So it wasn't that I was getting picked on or bullied. It was just mm-hmm. that nobody took me seriously. In what way? In any way. There was no, there were very few like real friendships. I didn't really play any sports or was any good at any sports when I did I play know. them. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of no, thing. I've seen you. Yeah. Um, you know, even the girls that I did date when I was young, I never really thought that they would like me or they broke up with me and it broke my fucking heart that kind Mm -hmm. of thing like nobody just nobody took me seriously and i think that's where it stems from is when somebody is doing that i don't think they're taking me seriously so when you look back and you say no one takes you seriously yeah you know that you don't know that for sure right you don't you don't know how they actually felt you're just insecure as shit i do now yeah yeah yeah, oh, now buddy. that I'm working on these things, yes, of course. But for you know, most yeah. of my life, no, of course not. Man. Yeah. How does it feel getting all this at 40? Oh, it's I we've talked a little bit about this. I am so overwhelmed with what I'm learning about myself mm-hmm. at 40. 
Yeah. It's I seeing seeing how you're doing and reacting to all these things and how how hard it is for you. I am it makes me so grateful that I got to this in my 30s. Even though I'm yeah. still late. It would have been great to do this like <laughs> at <Yeah>. 22 <laughs> would have been stellar. But yeah, I'm very grateful I got to this earlier because yeah. I see that. So now how hard it, how hard it was for me learning all these things about myself and then seeing how hard it is for you. I'm like, oh, I would have it would have been so much harder to do it later. Oh, this is the perfect setup for what I wanted to talk to you about today. Ooh, okay. Can I let him know? Sure. We talked on the phone earlier, mm-hmm. and you said you had some revelation, mm. and you wouldn't tell me what it is because you wanted to get my genuine reaction on the pod. Mm-hmm. And I am fucking here for it, dude. I can't wait. <clears throat> okay. Make some more noise with your mouth before you do it. Yeah. Get, 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 Here's get, the get epiphany the, I had today. The pod. You ready? Oh, daddy's been ready. Papa okay. Bear's ready. All right. Mm-hmm. You ready, little bear cubs? Oh, God. They're ready. So the this idea of it being you versus you, right? You've heard that expression. Yes. This idea of comparison and all this stuff, it's you versus you. That's the only real thing out there. Mm-hmm. I think the correct way to look at it is you versus younger you. Okay. Because a lot of times we get caught up and not the idea. It's hard to look forward at like, oh, I think I'm, once I get better, I'm going to do this or I'm going to work on this. It's hard to look forward when you're constantly looking back a lot of times, mixing that nostalgia with being young and also the regret and all the things you think about, all the things you should have done and, and this and that. And I, I, like you just said, I wish I would have started working on myself. Yeah, man. But you didn't. Yeah. And you need to let that go because you're going to live in regret and have that on. So a lot of the times when we're talking about getting better, wanting to be better, what's holding us back is not you now. It's younger you. It's this idea that like when you look at a a picture and you go, man, I was in such great shape. Yeah. You were 22. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's not going to be your body. Even if you get in better shape and you get in the best shape of your life and all that, you're never going to be 22 again. Yeah. Oh, I had so much free time. You'll never have that again. So stop. It'll be different. If you get that much time again, it'll be different. So a lot of times we hold on to this idea of like, if I could just do that or if I could go back, you can't. You have to let that go. In order to move forward, you need to let go of that. And so it's not you versus you. It's you versus younger you. You're constantly battling this idea that you had. And a lot of times when we look back in nostalgic ways, it's always better in our fucking memories. We're like, oh, man, I was fucking blah, blah, blah. No, you weren't. Yeah, for nah, sure. you weren't. And so the sooner you work on letting go and healing those ideas of I need to be this again, You'll never be that again. Now, you could get close and you could get better, but you'll never be that again. It's interesting that when you talk about it, it's with a very, like, authoritative, like, commanding tone. Yeah. 
I would expect you to be a little bit more compassionate. I'm surprised. And two, that's called healing your inner child, and that's what everybody's trying to do, right? And we know that. This isn't a new principle. It's okay, not, Freud? It's not this really... This big fucking light shell bomb you just set off? Yeah. Of it's, course it's you versus younger you. We're all trying to heal our inner child. Not inner child. I you mean fuck. all of the fucking iterations of you throughout your life. Yeah. You're never going to have those again. Any part of that. And, here, and healing your inner child is not that. Healing your inner child is more so going back into the traumas and telling yourself that those things you know, led to this and this didn't really break you the way you thought it did and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't get this because I didn't like, it's a lot of, a lot of patchwork. Oh no. This is letting go. Well, no, a healing lot of that your inner is child is you, sorry, we're talking over each other. Um, healing your inner child is you going back to little Michael and being like, Hey, it's not that no one wasn't taking you seriously. Right. And that's not what I'm talking about with this. Mm. What I'm talking about with this is holding on to that idea of like, I'm going to get into the shape I was when I, when I was 22, I could fucking run a bug. Hey man, you'll never be 22 again. Yeah, but you could still get into the best shape of your life. Yes. And you could still do the things you were doing when you were 22, but not like a 22 year old. You could be similar or better, yeah. but you'll never be fucking 22 again. Yeah. So that idea of like. Oh, if I could just fucking... Hey, man. It's not going to happen. You understand you're talking to yourself right now, right? I think I'm talking to a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) For sure, but this is for you. Because we've talked a little bit about your struggle with time and Mm. getting older and... Yeah. Your younger self and Mm -hmm. I had more hair and I had a better body and I had this and I had, and I'm yeah, I think you're talking to yourself a lot and I like it. I'm here for it. I think, I think you, it will be helpful for a lot of people. I was just going to, I think you need to turn 40 <laughs> and then re-listen to this episode <laughs> because in my thirties, I didn't think about any of that shit ever. Yeah. 35 was a little odd for me, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't that rough. 40 has been the first one that I'm like, huh? 40, huh? 40 sounds yeah. It sounds rough and it sounds so far away from me, but I know it's not. My 30s were great. Love my 30s. Yeah. People always talk about going back to their 20s. I'm like, fuck that. I never want to be that. <laughs> if I yeah. go back, it would be 30s for sure. Interesting. Yeah. I'm glad you had this epiphany, but yeah, that's, that's for you, Dougie. You're talking, <laughs> you're talking to yourself, my boy. <laughs> but I think you're right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of your struggle with time is that's something we've talked about a little bit less of we haven't talked about it in this context of like where you were as an individual we've talked about it more with relationships with Mm. regards to you because since i've known you every everybody you've been in a relationship with is still in your life Mm -hmm. and that's so odd to me and we've talked about this and Um, I kind of pitched you, I pitched you the idea (laughs) that I thought that maybe you struggled with time and having people just in the past and sometimes you want them in the present. And I've always thought you've kind of had trouble assigning things to the past Mm. and moving on. And I think this might tie into that thought. I could see that. Yeah, I think I do. I've, I think you have. I think you struggle letting things go and letting things be in the past. 
Which I think is common. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Letting go is hard. And I mean, obviously that's the best way to heal. Yeah. But it takes the most time. Real tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Letting go and moving on or, uh, or not, I, don't, I, I hate the phrase moving on, moving forward. Yeah. Moving forward is, uh, it's a real hard thing to do, man. Yeah. Especially when you're looking back all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you spend a lot of time looking back? I think I used to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, uh, I struggle with, this is probably for the grief episode, but because it bleeds into this, it's just, I struggle with, with, uh, with holidays a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to be present in the holidays when they're happening now. Yeah. Um, I know you were talking about this Christmas. You're like, I think I'm going to go to London and just be alone. And I was like, oh, cool. You want to kill yourself in London? <laughs> Super tight, man. Super tight. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I have these, you know, it's you, the dreamer in me. You love, like, you're an idealist. You yeah. love the romanticizing these ideas. Oh, it'd be great, right? In London with the... I don't even know if they do. <laughs> they do. For, that's, you know. that's where the whites originated. Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> they got Christianity over there. So I'm just like, man, that'd be great. Or New York or something where you can just feel the Christmas spirit. And then we got to talking about it. I was like, and you're like, yeah, you're just going to surround yourself by people that are in love and with families on a holiday. Cool, man. <laughs> and like, be super alone. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that's I, a real yeah. bad idea. Maybe I'll stay home. Yeah. Yeah. That's real bad. But yeah, I yeah you you really run away with these ideas sometimes. You really romanticize them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not ever? You don't. How how do you deal with idealism? The past. In what way? You know what way? You talking about grief? Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about, I think we've talked about it on the pod, but we talked, we talked about more, more, more so with self-talk that, um, your brain, when you have negative self-talk, your brain doesn't know what's real and what isn't. So mm. your brain's going to believe whatever you're telling yourself. Absolutely. And it ties back to that. I have spent a lot of time, years, telling myself that there's nothing I could have done to change anything that happened. I've spent a lot of time telling myself those things. And I don't always believe it now. I can still get in my head and be like, man, maybe you could have changed something, you know? Yeah. And, but the reality is so much of life is out of your control. (laughs) Most of it. Yeah. Most of it. And it's just repeating that to myself. It's not like in situations now, somebody pulls out in front of me, it's out of my control. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the weather. I can't control if the, the fire alarm goes off at the gym and I have a fucking episode. Yeah. You know? I can't control these things. All I can do is control 
they're not happening to me. They're happening. They're just happening. And all I can do is control how I react or do my best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there are still to this day. There are a lot of nights, um, you know, I'm laying in bed trying to fall asleep and yeah, I start having those thoughts about just things in the past that happened. And I literally out loud say, this is not allowed to cause you pain anymore. Mm. And it works. Really? It just, it's just done. I stopped thinking about it. Took a long time for that to work though. Wow. It took a really long time. Hmm. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about in particularly with grief. It's so easy to focus on the negative and, you know, replaying when you got the phone call. Yeah. And, God, yeah. you know, replaying those things. And those are the things that go, this, this is not allowed to cause me pain anymore. And I just, I'd say that to myself out loud. I roll over and it's, it most of the time will just go out of my head. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes I have to do it a couple times, but it took a long time, but that's, that's how I deal with it now. Yeah. This is not allowed to cause me pain anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Takes a lot of time, a lot of practice. You got to tell yourself over and over and over. and Eventually your brain will believe you. Yeah, I mean you're absolutely right. I've heard that so many times where it's just like you're you, you whatever you tell yourself is true. Mm-hmm. Whether you it is your, or not. Yeah, you tell yourself you're a piece of shit, your brain's going to be like, "Dude, we're a piece of shit, man." Yeah. You tell yourself, "I'm doing my best and I deserve good things and I deserve to be happy and I'm worth it." Your brain's going to go, "Fuck yeah, we are, man." You just and, you know, I've talked about it before. It feels silly a yeah. lot of the time, but it works. Hmm. It takes a lot of time for it to work. So it's just like anything else. Nothing is, nothing happens overnight. Nothing will ever happen overnight. It's, it's a process. It's a really long process. Um, and even when you get to the point where you can say these things, like when I can say, this is no longer allowed to cause me pain. I got to keep doing it. I can't, you can't phone it in. It's, there's no muscle memory to these things. Depression, anxiety, they're, they don't go away. It's, and it's also one of the things I think I kind of prefaced when, um, when I was diagnosed with having PTSD and three kinds of PTSD and, uh, and anxiety disorder and she just, you know, she told me, she's like, yeah, this, this is it. This is how you are now. Yeah. Like, I just had to accept that this is like, once I understood that, that I'm not going to cure this, I can't take away these experiences that happened that I, this is how my brain works from now. And I was like, okay. So yeah. when, when they have flare ups, you go, oh yeah, this happens now. And it's just easier to deal with. It's a forever thing. Yeah. Acceptance is a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. You want to do grief next week? Of course. 
I mean, we're 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 dipping our toes. You we know? are dipping our toes. My God! I tell you, my my aunt listened to the podcast. Mm. <laughs> Was it on Christian radio? <laughs> <laughs> she listened to the podcast. Yeah, and we she listened to the one the the guilty conscience episode. Oh, that's the worst one for her uh, to hear. That's the yeah. worst one. Uh, hear, yeah. Pick a different one. Yeah. <laughs> What's an ethical hoeing, Aunt Mary? Right. So she she brought up some some interesting things, and one of them was that she she shared a story about my grandmother that I, that I did not hear before. Mm. My grandmother had a lot of <laughs> a lot of pain in her life, and after she lost her only son, um, she obviously fell into a pretty bad depression and funked to get out of it, and you know yeah. it was just hard for her. And um, my aunt told me that she was trying to help in any way she could. And she, you know, was like, do you want some Xanax or something? Do you want anything that would like kind of calm you down or whatever? And my grandmother said, it won't do any good. She said, even if it makes me feel better for a little bit, it won't bring you back. And I'm going to feel this way whenever the pill wears off. Yep. And she said, she told my aunt, the only thing I can do is move forward. Fuck, dude. Your grandma just gets it, dude. Yeah. She just got... She... Man. Yeah. From the stories you tell me of your grandma and from the experiences I have being around her, she's just one of those people that just got life, man. Oh. what the One of the best things I ever did was... For years, I would... I tried to get her locked down into you know writing in a journal like all these stories she would share or like yeah. i bought her a voice recorder to like all you have to do is like act like you're telling me a story in this voice recorder when i'm not yeah. around you know all you these go, oh yeah what am i some kind of pussy yeah. <laughs> you ever record my voice years i tried yeah. to get her to do this and finally uh one trip home i spent two afternoons sitting down with her with a camera and a little lapel mic mm. and just got her to tell me all the stories she told me over the years about the family, about her life growing up, about everything. And that was one of the best things I ever did. Did you ever release it? No, no. There's a little snippet of it at the end of my last special. Yeah. But other than that, no. And it's, it's so raw and real and just so much pain in her life. But to hear that story was really really helpful yeah 